The failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista. I'm Ian Collins. This is episode 15 on our carbon-free journey through the issues that are dominating more newsprint than at any other time in our history. Are we educating governments and industry? Who knows? But we live in hope. This podcast is also a sounding board for your questions too. If you're unaware of what this is all about, here's a brief explainer. This series is essentially about the views, campaigns and inner thoughts of one man. Dale Vince is an entrepreneur and environmentalist. He built his success in the green energy sector. He's the owner of Ecotricity, the world's first green energy company, and he's also the chairman of Forest Green Rovers, and he's with us now. And Dale, I think it's a great place to start this, and I'll, I'll explain why it's greater than normal, because I want to get your response on something. Extinction Rebellion, okay. They, of course, have hit the headlines for a lot of reasons over the last couple of years. But let me just tell you how somebody on one of my radio shows described them this week. Um, and maybe, maybe you can give me your response to this extinction rebellion you are sitting down dale aren't you by the way i am ready okay all right ready ready for this strapped in and here we go uh, extinction rebellion are a trotskyite feckless cartel of soap dodging halfwits who are using the green issue as a front for a wider agenda of dismantling the free world and capitalism in the name of creating a hippie commune of loot playing weirdos where no one works folks smoke funny herbs and invariably end up marrying their cousins True or false? I'm just surprised at how unextreme that is. I mean, there must have been a few expletives and nouns, you know, yeah. that, that, that might have been added to that. I mean, here's the thing. Somebody thought about that. That's what I, I find interesting. Somebody actually sat down and obviously whipped out the thesaurus and thought, well, how, how can yes. I hit maximum impact with this? And I thought, well, I know the person I can put this to. Somebody I know you've got great respect for the the campaigns and and even some of the results that extinction rebellion have achieved and of course it's it's very much work in progress yeah i mean obviously it's incredibly wide of the mark it's probably well i imagine it was said with some amount of tongue-in-cheek i don't know it certainly deserves to have been because it is humorous it's so wide of the mark Extinction Rebellion, I mean, they exist for one thing, to raise the uh, awareness of the climate crisis and to get something done about it. That's how I see yeah. it. Whether they're soap dodging and feckless and all that other kind of stuff, you know, just is, is, is a by the by. And um, it's just humorous, it's banter and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's fun. I, I got I got no issue with it, but it's, Extinction Rebellion have done an amazing job. And, and maybe this is a a measure of the degree to which they've got under the skins of some people, uh, you know, with the campaigns that they run, the messages that they carry, yeah. and the amount of popular support they've been able to mobilise. They issued a statement in response to the coronavirus pandemic. This was Extinction Rebellion Lambeth. Uh, of course, it's not just one group. It's lots of different groups, and, and also individuals, we should say, uh, Dale, as well. There's plenty of people, as we saw in those protests in Parliament last year, just people who hadn't maybe thought about this before uh, and, and just suddenly right. saw things and thought, yeah, do you know what, I, I think I, I agree with what, what this is about, and then kind of joined as well. Yeah, and, you know, on the flip side, uh, I think this week on social media, 
I saw somebody saying on, on my Facebook, uh, you know, the, these Extinction Rebellion guys, uh, a lot of them are not even vegan. So, you know, there's a bunch of people out there that don't think they're <laughs> extreme enough. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. You know, that's my experience, actually, talking to one of the founders of Extinction Rebellion, somebody that thinks that uh, we don't actually have to give up meat. We can kind of keep a bit of it as long as we, you know, feed it grass and, and uh, treat it nicely the animals that is you know and so you know i mean i share that view that um in some respects extinction rebellion certainly at the heart of the uh, the organization aren't um, aren't nailed on enough you know they aren't going far enough in their own personal lives i would say but isn't one of the problems uh, certainly as i see it having done so many you know we've spoken umpteen times and, and lots of debates over the years is that maybe one of the mistakes possibly not so much now but maybe in the past from shall we say those advancing green issues has been to kind of be a little bit preachy in the sense that what many people have taken from it is that you've got to do all things all at the same time right now and what we know is that if everybody does a bit and begins to get on that journey you begin to make a difference it's down to more people doing something yeah i think we bump into this argument all of the time, not not just as something that puts people off getting started, but actually it's it's used by critics and people that are resistant to making the change. Uh, they will look for the elements of somebody's life that that aren't perfect and say, yes, but you do this, you do that. You know, they look for the hypocrisy, which is a fairly kind of cheap and common modern way of uh, yeah. of having a discussion. And and it is a mistake. And our answer to that is always we shouldn't let perfect be the enemy of good and that we all have to take steps. And it doesn't matter if it's only a meat free day a week. Uh, I don't care. Get started, you know, get on down the path. And it's kind of begun, I think we've touched on this one before. I mean, milk bottles, it fascinates me, this one, because we were recycling milk bottles before anybody even had heard of the word recycling. And in fact, you'd have been, my, you know, my nan would have, you know, kicked your backside if you threw out a milk bottle. Oh, and they were been... delivered in electric milk floats. <laughs> and they were delivered in electric milk floats. Man alive, what was going on? And we had it yeah. kind of licked back then um, without anybody even thinking that what was going on. And the reason they had electric milk floats is, you know, partly because they were quiet. They made economic sense and they didn't pollute anything. And I spoke to a milkman not that long ago and he said, yeah, we were having that discussion in the 70s. And of course, people recycled their milk bottles. It was never even, it was unquestionable that you wouldn't recycle your milk bottle. Well, they were actually reusable, weren't they? They were returned Completely. to the dairy yeah, and washed totally. and reused, which is better than recycling. As you yeah, know, yeah. That, that Completely. One step up. Uh, so Extinction Rebellion, Lambeth, this is what they said in their statement. It's a response to the coronavirus pandemic, arguing that the world needs a new system. And they said where people and planet are put first above the interests of corporations, oil giants and continued profits for a tiny minority. What are you making of that? I don't think there's much to disagree with there. In fact, I agree with every word. We, we do need a, a different merit order, really, a different kind of aim in life. And as an economy, which, you know, expresses the aim in life for a lot of people and the pursuit of money above all else is a mistake. I've said this often. I think when you do that, you make mistakes, you make bad decisions and quality of life is far more important. And that includes things like wildlife and the quality of the air we breathe and that kind of stuff. You know, all of these things have been undone by the mad pursuit of economic growth fueled by incredibly cheap fossil fuels. And, uh, you know, it's just time for us to uh, halt that now. We can see the damage it's done and the worst damage that it's going to do. And, you know, it's time for us to start 
the new industrial revolution, the renewable energy-based, plant-based, planet-hugging revolution. Yeah, or, or loot-playing, as the, uh, the, the previous guy put <laughs> And so, a bit of soap-dodging. Yes. Never goes amiss, you know. That. If, no, I mean, we've, <laughs> that we've that all been away for those long weekends where there was no alternative. Um, but you've never, you're not a loot-owner. Can I just establish that? No, I'm just... not. And, and as I listened yeah. to that uh, tirade, uh, actually, I, I want to. I want to say, uh, for a minute, I thought, "Oh, this is this sounds like Mike Graham, my my good friend, <laughs> who uh, you know I was on his show this week, and, and we've become friends actually." And but you were talking end, football this week, weren't you? So. Yeah, we and 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 the climate crisis yeah, yeah. And, and all sorts of stuff. And at the end, he really surprised me, and I think he said he was surprised himself. He said because he found himself agreeing with me, and he thought that he wouldn't. And uh, and afterwards, it occurred to me that uh, you know I've I've been like a virus to Mike. Uh, the more he speaks to me, the more he sees things this way. Yeah. And, and I find that really funny. But actually, uh, you know, he has a particular audience, the kind of audience that would have written that um, uh, that statement about Extinction Rebellion and will hold views about greenies and climate change and that kind of stuff. And being on a show is really useful because of course it's it a chance just to talk sense. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and we've said it a thousand times, you know, even from a kind of capitalist perspective, you know, the, the, there's money in them, they're green hills, as, as people say. So, you know, you, you could look at it that way as well. There's, yeah. uh, there's you know, you, you can, business can work in harmony with these issues. Well, it comes down to another fundamental kind of misconception that gets trotted out by people that are against the idea of climate change, against the idea of changing our lives and that kind of stuff. They think that we have to go back in time, that we have to undo our standard of living. That is yeah. just simply not true. We just have to change how we do things, replace fossil fuels with renewable energy, electrified transport and swap animals for plants. You know, it's not that yeah. hard, actually. It's not that complicated. And and we can have a, an actual better standard of life. We can have jobs and an economy and a planet that uh, is a nice place to live in. Yeah, here's an issue that feeds into a lot of what we were just saying there. Uh, diesel cars, because, I mean, this is a, you know, the enemy of, of much of what we talk about. Um, encouraging headlines, 100, <laughs> 111,000 fewer diesel cars in the UK in 2019 than the year before. I mean, that's certainly a move in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. Still 12 million of them on the road. But the first time that uh, the number of diesel cars on the road has shrunk in 25 years since it was probably, uh, well, not invented, but, you know, became a thing. For the last two years, the the market share in terms of new car sales has slipped, but this is the first time total number on the road has slipped. And, you know, it's probably a sign of things to come. Same article carries some interesting stats about uh, electric and hybrid cars. About half a million hybrid cars on the road, it said, in 2018. About 150,000 plug-in hybrid, which is the one that delivers more environment outcome, let's say, the plug-in hybrid. And then battery electric, I think we're at about 100,000 now. So three-quarters of a million alternative cars on the road. You know, it's a big step in the right What direction. do you say, though, to people? Because, well, you know, I have this discussion on radio programs, Dale, and people say, hang on a second, there's diesel cars. You know, there's that knackered old Cortina that somebody might be driving around that, you know, is really chugging out stuff that could melt Saturn if it drove around the block long enough. And, and then there are modern diesel cars that are environmentally considerate. They have all manner of filtration systems built into them. And when you measure... Uh, the uh, the outgoings from an exhaust pipe of one of those cars, they're not nearly as bad as uh, certain petrol cars that are categorised as being more environmentally safe. Uh, I'm not sure that's true, because the big difference between diesel and petrol is particulates. Diesel cars emit particulates. They're, they're particularly damaging to lung health. And petrol cars just don't have that. And I don't think there's any amount of filtration on modern diesel cars that gets rid of that. I mean, it's the biggest 
health risk in inner cities and built up areas from traffic fumes. It's particulates. Here's a question from James on Facebook. Missed your web chat, Dale. Are you planning to do any more? So what was the web chat? It was a couple of days ago. We did something live on the web through Zoom and Facebook and, and some other channels and just had a big old uh, Q&A, really, with, with, with all sorts of people joining in and um, went on for about an hour. I think um, had, uh, you know, a few hundred people watching it. It was it was really fun. A, a wide range of questions. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, anyway, the answer is yes, we're going to do it again soon. I'm doing one today for staff at Ecotricity. We've got about um, 700 people waiting to join us early afternoon and we'll do another a bigger one maybe in a week or two because actually sure. it was fun and 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 really useful to yeah. uh, you know to get to talk about the stuff that people want to talk about good work another issue here at retail gazette i don't normally buy retail gazette it's not been on the list for some time however i did spot this headline i'm sure you did too is sustainability falling off retailers agendas because of COVID-19, and they sort of uh, have a sub-headline there as well. Sustainability may have been the buzzword of 2019, but retailers are now focused on limiting financial loss due to the impact of the coronavirus. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I didn't see that story, but you can imagine that, you know, there's some logic in that, that that's going to happen. A lot of businesses will think that they can't afford to, uh, you know, respect the environment or take environment steps because it's all about survival. I think retail was in, in difficult times before the virus hit actually certainly the high street uh, version of retail was so i can't imagine uh, that you know this is different for them but often when you look at green measures environmental measures um they they make a business more sustainable because mm. they lower your operating costs and also it is what customers want to see increasingly if you are a business and you are not Uh, taking these steps and being seen to take them, then, you know, you're going to disappoint your customers. Question from Alex on Twitter. What do you make of the Prime Minister's £1 billion investment in electric vehicle infrastructure? Well, you mentioned earlier recycling, and uh, and that immediately sprang to mind because I, I didn't hear about it, but I checked it out later online. And it's recycling by the government of a pledge that's been made more than once before. As far as I can see, this is its third time out, okay. and there was nothing new in there. So I was, like, uh, bemused. Speaking of politicians, here's Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, go ahead, please. You said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. Sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm telling you, I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question like that. That's not a nasty question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? Okay, uh, anybody else? Please go ahead in the back, please. I have two questions. No, it's okay. But you pointed to me. I have two questions, Mr. President. Next, next, please. But you you called on me. I did, and you didn't respond, and now I'm calling on... Sorry, I just want the to young lady in the back, please. I just wanted to let my colleague finish. Okay. But can I ask you Ladies and gentlemen, please? thank you very much. Appreciate but it. Thank you very much. There he is again in, ingratiating himself with the, uh, the fourth estate. Uh, yeah. Well, look, I read about this story, and I have to say, I 
thought it was overinterpreted by the media. I, I saw that it was described as an episode of racism uh, because the journalist he said it to, uh, you know, was of Chinese descent, Chinese American. Um, I didn't see that at all because obviously he talks about China all the time. He points the finger at China all the yeah. time. And I thought it was perfectly in context for him to say, why are you asking me? Ask China. Uh, and I think he would have said that to anybody. Yeah, you're right, Dale. He, he, I mean, he, he does, you know, he has a poke at China almost on a daily basis. Donald Trump is a racist, there's no doubt about it. But I think the media were wrong to call this a racist incident. I think that's, uh, you know, completely wrong. And, and I, I rarely see anything in the media that's even remotely wrong about Donald Trump in terms of interpreting uh, what he says and what he does. But that was a standout example, I thought, of something that just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Still wasn't a very nice experience, though, was it, if you're on the receiving end of that kind of lashing from the president? Well, he does it all the time, doesn't he? I think. I mean, that was mild compared to what some people get, yeah. you know, fake yeah, news and, and, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's his style, isn't it? Uh, deny everything and attack. That's what he does. couple more bits to, uh, to continue on. Um, coronavirus tracked what the biggest collapse in air pollution levels ever recorded actually looks like. And that's the headline there, the, the drop in air pollution levels. That was amazing. And last week, I think we heard that uh, carbon emissions of the world were going to drop by the biggest amount ever in history since the start of the Industrial Revolution, I guess. And, you know, this is just another facet of that, isn't it? Britain yeah. just went a whole month without coal, That's which is another, you know, kind of big milestone. How does that you know, carry on, though, Dale, after, after all of this? How does the world stop itself from just reverting back to what it was doing? Will politicians notice this? Will they realise that... Uh, the huge benefits, whether it's to human health, the planet, whatever way you want to slice it. I mean, this has been game-changing. We appreciate, you know, the backdrop hasn't been great or the reasons behind it hasn't been great. But we've what we've seen is a, an unexpected result in other areas of positivity, such as this. It's out now, isn't it? It can't be put back in the bottle. Uh, you know, we've all seen it and it gives us a platform to argue as life returns to normal that it shouldn't return to the old normal, that we mm. should build a new one. Uh, though obviously, the economy needs rebuilding, so that's a massive opportunity to build a new one, not not a version of the old one. Our government are behaving like a socialist government. I mean, and fair play to them. You know, massive support uh, by paying people's wages, supporting companies. You know, government intervention in the economy has never been so great, and yeah. and that's going to present a political challenge for the conservatives, I think, because it's the very antithesis of the philosophy. And um, at the same time. In terms of flying, I think there'll be a natural aversion to flying. So the airline industry itself can't just bounce back. It won't just bounce back. Uh, sure. So there'll be residual problems for some of the old behaviors like flying and the burning of fossil fuels and stuff. Um, and, um, you know, the economy will be depressed, which will depress the consumption of oil and gas. And all of that presents an opportunity to fill the void, you know, with, uh, with a green alternative. We'll have a little bit of time, but we can't be complacent or take it for granted. You know, this is something that is an opportunity that we have to seize. We can also point at the vast sum of money that's been spent fighting the virus, 330 billion. It's a 10-year budget for us yeah. to be a zero-carbon country. And we can point to the vast changes in lifestyle that lockdown has caused, of which we only need a fraction to fight the climate crisis. As great examples of what we are capable of, and we just need to see the climate crisis as the same... Well, it's a different order of magnitude, actually, of existential threat than the uh, virus crisis. And here's a final question from Dan on Twitter. I saw your piece in The Guardian. Do you think this is the end of The Office? He's not talking about the sitcom there, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because that happened a while ago. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it is. I think it's the end of the office as we know it. Um, certainly, I hope that it will be. And that's our intention here at Ecotricity. You know, we're going to... Um, we're going to be taking the lessons from this work from home experience and rolling them out into the new normal. There can be great benefit from it, from the environmental side, less people traveling. Uh, also, you know, a quality of life for people uh, working from home. Our plan is to look at a, a kind of rotor of work from home, work from the office, maybe yeah. on a two week on, two week off type basis, because both of them have benefits. Sure. And I don't think doing either one exclusively is the best way to do it. So we're yeah, looking for sense. a blended outcome, you know. And this a little matter of you know happier people. Uh, last time I looked, there's nothing wrong with that. No, that's what I'm, that's what I mean by quality of life. Yeah. You know, getting up in the morning and not having to commute, uh, even if it's a short commute, it's just a different world. Of course it you is. Know, I've, I've spent more time with my family, uh, myself, and you know, uh, even though I've had more work to do in, in the crisis than uh, than before, but it's it's a, it's a great experience. It kind of is almost like opens your eyes to uh, to a different a different way to live. Totally. Totally. Uh, that's it for this episode. Dale, we'll speak on the next one. Thanks, Ian. And don't forget, of course, you can subscribe for free from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. And do make sure you leave a review as well. Here's the really important bit. Don't forget to follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. We'll see you on the next episode. Zero. Carbon. East. Off.